Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to Hello. round four of the Guinness Hello. Six Nations podcast. It's not actually their podcast, it's the Flats and Shanks podcast covering round know. four. Of the Guinness we could just make stuff up, couldn't we? We just say like, we are the official podcast yeah. of the Guinness Twenty Twenty Two Six Nations and Heineken Champions Cup, um, Gallagher Premiership, and URC. We are the official Learjet um, Sunseeker podcast um, in association with Lamborghini Tractors Italia. Oh. Do what we want, mate. They don't so, know where I live. That they is come the here, they, If they come here looking for me, they know what they'll get. All right? It's like... Organic coffee. <laughs> it's like we're... We're the bachelor version of podcasts, aren't we? We can do what we want. Do what we want. We're... No we're, GBH in, in the No, like, oh, can you come home for dinner? Oh, you know, what are we doing this weekend? You promised me you'd do GBH something. GBH in the year. <laughs> All those lads that got the big pods, right? Will you come out. shopping with me? Forget it forget it they've got in one sense um it's probably going really well for them commercially in another sense it's like oh my god we've got another two days of content to film where we're acting and you know pretending to like things and pretending to be people's friends um and telling telling a joke and then your mates laugh and it and it works well and then the producer says one more time guys one more time yeah it's one more guys can you try and do a bit of that so the fourth time around it's not funny anymore and you're faking it we don't have we don't have the um, you know massive commercial success. Equally, we don't have to think about this podcast until we press go. Yeah, and then we don't think about it again until the next week. Like which imagine, is quite nice. Imagine being the rugby pod, and you've got to sing "Don't Look Back in Anger" every single time. Every time, like, and that's the only song you sing. Yeah, I mean, they sing other songs, but I love, I love the fact that people love it and that they love it. Like, I that that is that pleases me. I'm not one of those guys, mate. You know this. I'm not one of those guys that's like, ooh, what has that person got that I haven't got? And none You're of not that. Pavarotti. I, just think, I get that. I just think they love it. They love it, boy. But I sort of, you know, I like the fact that this is a 
for now, this is a zero responsibility pod. Quite like it. So I can say whatever I want. So up yours, mate. There you go. And if I if I was on stage and someone asked me to sing a song, like I'd sing. I'd probably sing "Deep" by E Seventeen. Uh, but yeah, it's not really. A, don't really get the crowd involved because everyone's probably thinking, "What's he singing?" Um, yeah. Not heard this song, but actually, I like yeah. the chorus. Deep, deep down. Yeah. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's, they're really good. Yeah, but the toast. If you lick the knife. Oh, what are they referring to there? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah, fella. Um, look, and you can't play that um, with an acoustic guitar. Sorry, that was my last point. Before I forget, um, before I forget, um, quite a couple of people commented on um, my uh, the lowdown show Premiership Rugby highlights lowdown, like the cut down version of the highlights version that I do with Topsy every week, um, and um, a couple of people in the comments, uh, one in particular called Dominic says, really enjoying the new Shanks and Topsy show. And there could be quite a few comments in the last month or two where people have called me Shanks. <laughs> even even like people I know well and know my yeah. name, get it wrong. They'll call me like Flats, Shanks, fla- fl- uh, Flanks. Last time, last time I saw Matt Dawson, he called me Shanks three times. I've been on tours with him. Like, you know, and it's not, it's not that he doesn't know. People do it all the time. It's because it's a hard A, I think. But also, I spent my whole Bath career being called Barnsley because everyone thought I was Dave Barnes and everyone calling him Flats. Mm. Finally got away from it. And now, at least we were props at the same club. I kind of get it. You and I have got... You couldn't mistake us for one another physically. But people call me Shanks all the... Ch- uh, Shank, Shank, uh, Shanks Flats. And they, but they talk about you. When they're talking about you and they say, yeah, it's like when your podcast with Flats. Mm. And then people say to me... Oh, I, I like watching you. I've seen, I saw your podcast with Flats. I'm like, firstly, I'm Flats. Secondly, you can't see a podcast. You can't see ours. Mm. So what? what is it that you've watched? Because it wasn't a podcast. Do you reckon we've got anything that is similar or the same? Libido? I don't give everyone too much. I don't want to give, yeah, I was about to say, that's exactly what I was about to say. We're both driven individuals. Testosterone? Uh, I worry about myself. You've got sometime. way more. No, the whole thing about testosterone. I know no, you have. I've, seen, I've go, seen the way you speak to people. You <laughs> <laughs> see the way I treat like, the minions. Like a bull that needs to be milked. You've seen the way I treat the little one, the little people. Um, oh, guess what's happening outside my house? I'm going to talk to you about testosterone in a minute. But Pigeon being eaten by a seagull. We're living, no. Oh. We're, we're doing our house up at the moment mm. and... So do a right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm checking this out. Doing the house up, but we've got a little basement flat. As you've been here, haven't you? You know. Yeah. So we've got a little basement flat that we can live in. We're very, very lucky. I've seen it's the wooden table with the shackles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've got a sex dungeon, but like a little basement, and we put a lick, give it a lick of paint, and put some blinds up and recarpeted and stuff. A guy called Rich Pierce over in Bristol was a mate of um, Joe Joyce's. Put me in touch with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it. So it, but it's getting a little bit old because three kids and a dog in a basement. It's fine, but it means I can just about see up. And I've just seen a, a UPS delivery van come, and I think they're delivering my new coat. Ooh! Now um, is this? I've been, I've been suckered in. You know, influencers. You know, influencers are a load of. It's all a load of balls. And can I guess joke. which? Can I guess what it is? Yep. Right. It's going to be a brand because it's die flats. Um, is it the one that? Jamie Radnap wears sandbanks. No, it's not actually. Oh. You won't get it. Um, you won't get it. Sergio Giorgini. 
No. Uh. I saw John Barkley wearing one and I was like, I actually need a new warm coat because... Not Montclair. My, my Montclair one, like the, I've got another one, but like it, it's really, it's, it doesn't quite work. But the shiny one, it is, the, it is an amazing jacket, amazing coat, but everywhere I go in it, it's my own fault, mate. It's my completely my own fault. Yeah. It's not why I got it. I got it because it was warm and I kept it for a bit of fun. Everywhere I go, I just—it's a ball. I walk, go to the shop in it in town. I walk the dog in it. Oh, bin liner. It's like your jacket's Frankenstein, and you are the creator. <laughs> yes, it's my monster. So I want to. I'm. So I'm getting a anyway. So Canada I've Goose. No, called Nobis. They're basically. Yeah, I, heard I of did them. my and I saw Gabby Logan wearing one, and I spoke to Gabby about it. I texted Gabby, and I was like, oh, "You don't research." Said, honestly, said honestly, flats. They are the. It is the best flat out. Texted JB and said, JB, is this worth an investment? Because they're, they're not crazy. They're not Montclair money. Montclair's fashion money. That's different. I get it. Like, is te- it worth it? Text the people first, see if they've got an in. No, didn't do that. Right. So is it worth it? And John Barkley, I, I don't, hope he never gets a Canada Goose deal. He said it makes Canada, his Canada Goose coats feel like bin liners. He's on a skiing so trip at the it. moment with his mad mates, Jimmy the Perv and the Og Monster. <laughs> He's st- and he's still got time. He's still got time to text me a picture of BBC Breakfast that I did on Friday morning. <laughs> of course, yes. I want to say yes. for those that saw me on there, I'm not that brown. Uh, I, it was just makeup, was it? I know I was at home, mate. But it was a halo light. I let the kids do. <laughs> I let the kids do my makeup. No, it was just a, I put, turned all the lights off in the lounge, and it was a little halo light. And you know. You know, lighting is um, is key, and it's the same lighting I use for my OnlyFans page. So it's like when That's I got the lighting wrong, and you thought that I'd grown my eyebrows out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like tweeting in slugs on him. Instagram on it, Instagram live. Oh, no, man. what it was, it, you were cleanly shaven all over. You'd done. Yeah. Set me slugs. You'd done bow to stern, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, you ju- and they just uh, emphasised your your Christa Burgers a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, my Christa Burgers. Just let sleeping slugs lie, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> Put a bit of salt on them, that'll get rid of them. Testosterone's an interesting one. Um, I remember, I can't remember all the details, but I wouldn't mind someone tweeting in and telling us the info. But we we had all this cortisol and sort of all sorts of tests done when I was at Bath years ago. And it was like, you sort of got your scores back. And of course... Everybody wants to be super high testosterone, but these guys are American. I think they were coming, or maybe University of Bath. It's a really advanced place in terms of sports science. But they were like, they're like, you don't having massively high testosterone is not as cool as you think it is. Like, it, oh, I want to get rid of mine. It, it, yeah, it might improve libido and stuff. But one, the guy was there, really, really good guy, and he's actually, what's his name? Anyway, he said to me, we did our test, or whatever. And he goes, well, yours, yours isn't going to be low, is it, flats? I said, why is that? And he said, well, thick neck, bald head. And I was like, well, he goes, well, look at you. You know, you all your hair's fallen out. You've got a, whatever it is, inch neck. And he's like, mm. look at you. It's going to be high. And I said, why the bald head? And he goes, well, it's just, it appears to be, I remember him saying it appears to be one of those things that people who go bald early often were exposed to more testosterone in the womb or something like that. I can't quite remember, but if someone could tweet in, that'd be great. But it's not all good being, mm. but my scores were quite high and that isn't, and it's good and bad because um, really you want them to be balanced is what you really want. I'll tell you what you want to get in your dungeon now. You should get like a punch bag. <laughs> or some or I'm some like live, some frozen pig carcasses hanging up like Rocky would do. I'm not an aggressive bloke, Tommy. I'm not. You know that. I'm not. 
So, all right, mate, don't, but don't bite my head the, off. <laughs> there was one. There was one lad at the club. I won't name him because it's not fair. And they were like, uh, "Can anyone guess who's got the highest testosterone?" As a joke, we all said, "Him, him, him." And they were like, "Yeah, how do you know?" He's like, "Well, libido wants to fight every time he goes <laughs> libido." Out. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, "Wow, yeah, bias." Yeah. Um. So it's like a stag in mating season. What have you been up to, boy? Um, Fenton. Um, quite a quiet weekend, really. Right. Um, I hate this. I should have looked through my diary uh, to, to tell you exactly what I've been up to. I know what I'm. I know what's coming up, and that is Cheltenham. No, it's not why I asked you with you. But um, yeah. well, yeah. we, ha- we had um, played a round of golf. Uh, yeah. Me and Bubs played Jiffy and Sean Holly on their home patch in their back garden at Royal Porthcawl and hammered them. Did a job so, on them, didn't you? Wow, well, we won down the 18th. Um, but we sort of led from the front and uh, I was quite humble about it. Didn't Yeah. Only only used two platforms to, to shout about it. Yeah. Saved the rest, really, for another day, um, which was nice. And then we've just been organising in the week uh, Wales v France in the locker room. Yeah. So went well. You were there. And 360 people, so good turnout. We had 470 for Scotland, probably a little bit too many. Um, service probably wasn't as sharp as it, it could have been. Uh, we had more staff for this one, so service was great. But not as many now for Italy. And I don't know whether that's down to what's going on with Welsh rugby, the way they're playing. Uh, you know, results certainly don't help. But quite a bit down at the moment, so I'm hoping it picks up. Get a bit of positivity. Well, well, let me say this. It's a very nice setup you got in there. Mm. It was very, very good fun. Very, very friendly vibe. I'll tell you what, I'd say I'll tell you it's good on the country. piano. Go on. Richard Harris was good on the piano. I don't you very had to good. shoot off before you saw the Yeah, f- but I got the I got the first few minutes and I stood outside for a bit chatting with some lads, so I heard him go. Uh he rocked it. He was very, very good. good. Um Yeah, so and you and JT. You and JT came along. A uh, little bit of a Q&A with you both. JT wearing a, well, it was a new, it was a Macron jersey, but it looked old school, didn't it? It was just a red rugby jersey. It did, jersey. it was a whale shirt, with, but he had his great coat on, didn't he? He had his great coat. And he said, it's boiling in here. And I said, well, take your coat off then. But he didn't want to. I think he he didn't want to go full on kit. Um, he wanted to sort of try and look half cool. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that he's, because he's parted company, so to speak, with Worcester Warriors. Um, John Thomas is now basically going to all the Wales games as a fan and yeah. just getting the beers in and having a great time to taking his wife and kids to games and yep. doing it as a fan for the first time it's quite cool actually yeah it is but he went to Ireland uh, I think he was down in Twickenham so it's great yeah he did that and uh, what a good what a good fella he is isn't he just great and it was, an, it was a nice evening you made the cut for Scrum 5 so well done you in my yeah, uh, thank you. Shanks's six cents little feature where I basically just walk around people asking me questions, sometimes hammer them. Yeah, there was one guy with a, a flat cap on. So, are you a pig farmer? <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked him the question, and the question was uh, who, last time France won Grand Slam was 2010. Who do they play in that final game? And it was who was it, Flats? Do you remember? Of course, it is England. Yep. Um, and then I said, right, brilliant. He, he didn't get it right, but as I walked away, he took his hat off and he had no hair. And I went, I knew it. <laughs> That's yeah. why you wear it. 
I think I was traveling. I think I was traveling reserve. In fact, I was traveling reserve for that game. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, before they had two props on the bench, see? Yeah. I think it was. Otherwise, yeah. Annoying that. I remember Jono saying, um, he's like, how's your body? And I was like, ah, all right, mate. He's like, you want to come? Do you want to come to France? I was like, yeah. Do you want me to, do you want me to play? And he's like, no, 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 no. Almost like God, no. Yeah. He's like, come though, because someone does their rank. You cover tight head, wouldn't you? I said, oh, mate, I'll have a go. And he was like, yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. We'll have a good time, won't we? And that was it. Yeah, go on, then you come along. Did you and have a good time? Tim. No, not really. Well, it was last game, so I'm sure you could have hit the town no, we, after. We, we, we managed. We had a cup of tea and it was nice to catch up and yeah. work stuff, you know. Got a few emails done. Just bought your um, to Did they like slip me 20 quid to sing at the front of the bus? Tell some yeah, jokes. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Show them a good time. <laughs> the best for that is Andy Farrell. He's the best post-match. Yeah, um, I don't know. The best post-match entertainment, mate. You'll see Rhys Blumberg, the COO of Cardiff Rugby, in full swing on Wednesday. Okay. But my point is, it's more of an impact. It's more impactful when it's your head coach. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. You know, head, head coach out trumps COO. If I had to pick a coach to play for in the Six Nations, I'm trying to think of all of them now, whoever they are, Andy Farrell would be my guy. Mm. Played, he, was, he coached me a couple of games um, before I retired. And yes, please, is what I'd say to that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Also, if Ian Holloway was a rugby coach, I think he'd be quite good. Yeah, I've got a thing, I've got a thing about oh, him. Oh, no, another football coach. I know coach. you have... I know you have. I know you, you have. don't have hold a grudge, mate. No, not at all. I probably, okay. I bet he's great company, and I, I love him, and I love What's his he stuff. Done? But there are sometimes it's like everything. As someone said the other day, who was it? it was um, Lewis Wiltshire, uh, mate on on Twitter? He used to be the head of sport of Twitter, but he 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 said, if you're ever wondering what Roy Keane said, you know, at half time during a football match last night, you think you've missed it. Don't worry, it will be repeated on Instagram, on Twitter, every five minutes or something, you know, for the next week. Everything he says just gets, goes viral. And it's almost like boring, boring, bored of seeing it sort of thing. I love Roy Keane. I love all that stuff. Um, but Ian Holloway is exactly the same. And it's like everything he says. And the thing is, a lot of what Roy Keane says is like, this is properly good content. Like if you're the boss of the channel watching that, you're like, yeah, mate, you've got a five-year contract. No problem. Um Ian Holloway, I think he almost tries to live up to it a bit. Roy Keane probably does too, but he tries to live up to it a bit. And some of the stuff he says just doesn't make sense. And I'm kind of like, oh, that you've been really funny before, but you're pushing it. You're trying a bit too hard now. Well, That's uh, what I think. He was one of the originals, though, wasn't he? He was one of the original characters. I like him. Genuinely good fun. I like him too. I'm okay. a big fan. But it's almost like it's almost like when someone goes in front of the camera and they... Funny people can just be funny, but sometimes it, people trying too hard to be funny ruins it. You're talking about and me now, and, or Ian Holloway, and we all probably do it. That's the you're point. You're talking we about me. We all probably do it, or Ian Holloway. Bit okay. probably no. I'm probably talking about you and me here. <laughs> Sarah said we, we all we've all done it. Sarah said to me, "I don't know whether people laugh at you or with you. <laughs> Take either." I got I got stuck into Zara in, in the green room on Saturday. I had a little spot. This was Elgin. I just wandered over. Not um. Oh right. Not oh, mine was Tyndall. Yeah. All right. You're out trumped me again. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it's all about the shop, mate. Oh, well done. Uh, yeah, um, go on. What happened? What? what happened with Zara in the? Uh... Oh well, Tommy, that was just that was just coming towards the end of a long week, boy. Um, three. You know what have I been up to? Did you ask? Big time. Yeah, hit me with it. Well, I was getting Tommy, we, well. I, oh, go on. We did an event together, mate. 
Monday night. We love sport. Oh. Up in London at the famous Three Kings with... Um, all into one. Paula Lima and with uh, Danny Kerr. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Easy, cruisy, really nice. The We Love Sport people do things right. So as soon as you get there, you get uh, a dinner, basically. That's how I look at it. Get Danny there and Kerr. say, do you want a drink and some food? Yeah, I do, actually. Danny Kerr sent me a message after. What did he say? Well, I sent him one first. It was just a reply, right. really. Oh, fine. But just well, like, done, thank you. You two are excellent. So Great, isn't he yeah. great? He's a lovely bloke. Also, we're going to talk it. about him in a minute briefly because he's I watched the game against Bristol, mate. It's it's a joke. He's not playing for England. I'm sorry. I know everyone else is a legend and all that. Danny Kerr's the best in the league and he's been the best for ages. So I hope this one. gets quoted now in the paper. And then it, I'm not the only one saying it. It's not an original thought. Um, and then you've got so to do an interview that, with then, Ben Youngs in the week. It'd be brilliant. We did, um, I have actually. Then we did, um, I went over to Jersey on Wednesday, Tom. Flew what? over to Jersey. Yeah. Pick not? up your milk. It's a long yeah, way to go. Yeah, pick up a sweater. Um, um, and because Rob Weber is the is the head coach at Jersey Reds, so I did went to do a and a, did a dinner there and had a really good time. That was very nice. Um, got myself back from Jersey, Tommy, and then had a uh, an event for kids out in the evening, which is a, a brilliant charity, really worth googling. That was at Ashton Gate in Bristol. Pat Lamb and Andy Urin and Chris Boy, the chairman, were there, but there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. Johnny Gould hosted it. It was like a question of sport theme, but raised a ton of money, absolutely mm. ton of money for a great charity. Um, that was Thursday. The next day, I was um, with you. I was with you, of course, Tommy. Um, I did a little, yeah, I did, came over to you for Wales, France, which was really good fun. Saturday, straight up to um, to Twickenham to host the Green Room. So we had, who did we have for chats before the game? I can we tell had, you who you had if you're forgetting. I reckon I can name them all. Go on. Clive Woodward and the chef. Ollie Debu. Yep. Amazing uh, chef. Amazing food it was too. Yeah. Jamie Heaslip. Yep. Will Greenwood. Mike Tyndall. Rob yep. Henderson. Yeah. Uh, Brian Driscoll. Popped in. Yeah. Uh, Delalio. Lol. Anyone yeah. else? Danny Grucop. Danny G. Um, Zara Phillips. AP McCoy. Greg Wallace. Um, Andrew Ridgely. who's half of Wham. Ronan Keating was downstairs, actually. He wasn't with us. Okay. Um, it J- went on Jamie and on Lang. and on. It was brilliant. He was downstairs. Okay. It was brilliant. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, and Danny came up and did the corporate. It was it was very funny. Was We're with them Wednesday, indeed. aren't we? Uh, Ladies' Day in yeah. Green Room in Cheltenham. So. Which will be great. Durders is hosting that. So Durders was away um, chasing the Yankee dollar in Florida, hosting a conference. So I filled in and hosted that for him. And then... The next morning being yesterday morning, Sunday morning, up to Northampton for early doors to film the Premiership Highlight Show and then commentated on the live ITV game, Saints against Wasps, and got home last night and um, basically ate some food and went straight to bed. I was just, um, I don't want to be, be too much of a hero, I don't make too much of a hero play out of this, but I was absolutely rooted. Tired I am. Yeah, very tired. I thought I was getting poorly last night and I thought, oh dear, I've overdone it. I've overdone it. But I, I'm all right. I'm all right, Tommy. You know, when we go on Wednesday now, at some stage, Durders is going to walk around with a mic and I'm hoping yeah. there's a lot of famous people there so he doesn't come to us. Like, we're... He will. We're his backup. Um, yeah. You've got to get into him because he's a bully with that mic and I'm not going to stand for it. So... I might, I might just have to say, look, Mark, 
you know, after after five or six pints, I get a bit punchy yep. on Guinness. So, what did you want to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I'm a I'm a rugby player. If I if I chin you, if I fill you in now, all and right, people here don't approve, but my stock goes up. And do you know what I'm going to do as well? Because he's probably going to um, stand and put the mic in my face when I'm sat down. I'm going to pinch him right on the inside of his thigh. Super hard, so he has a big mark, and yeah, then we'll see how hard he is. Be really funny if you just Rochambeau'd him right in the nuts. Steve <laughs> Thompson got um got Danny with one at the weekend, just mucking around, but it was like, oh, I think it was Steve Thompson. It was like, oh god, that mm. was a hard one. Was it Steve Thompson? I can't remember. Ben Cohen was around too. One of them got him. No, it wasn't them. It was someone else. I've forgotten. Tins. It was Tins. Oh my god, it whacked whacked down in the nuts, and I was like, that is yeah. that is a bold move. Yeah. Yeah, for a brave move, you know. Against probably the most aggressive player I've ever seen. Misunderstood. Um, Mike Tyndall played rugby the other night. Played rugby on Friday night. Oh, that's what was on his face, was it? Yeah, very funny. Uh, Big grazed forehead. Quite enjoyed that. I thought he quite enjoyed that. I thought thought it was a carpet burn from something. Um, Got Clive on the stage, and I said, "Why didn't you pick me, mate?" What did he say? He said, "I can't. I honestly can't. I cannot imagine why I didn't pick you, Flats." Um, he was very funny. He was very, very good. Ollie Debu, the chef. So he had the restaurant called Restaurant Debu, and he's another one in the middle, which I've forgotten. But he's got the restaurant Hyde now. Both those two restaurants, Michelin star, within six months. Oh wow! But he had to cook. He had to cook for seven hundred and twenty people. Sugar. And it was like holy. And it came out, and we got our food. Like we always get our food like basic hour and a half, two hours after everyone else does. Like during the game, we get our food. Yeah. And he was like, guys, it's not going to be at its best, but, you know, there is lunch for you. And this is like hour and a half, hour and a half ago cooked pork. Oh, my God, it was lush, mate. Really? It was so nice, yeah. So nice. Wow. I've got the Fab Four coming to me Saturday. Go on. Um, Hang on, let me guess, let me guess. Shano, yep. Hooky. Yeah. Shano, Hooky, Bernie. Yeah. And not Gav Henson. Nope. He wouldn't do it. Mike Phillips. Yep. Yep. I mean, That's good, fella. Yeah. If you can't have a laugh with them, retire. They they've called themselves a Fab Four, so it's not like it doesn't quite work as well. It's like you know saying you have got Maverick hosting. That's me. Yeah. You know, but yeah. But no, it will be good. It will be good. I got a, I got a couple of costumes from. Um, they don't know about it, so if anyone's listening to this, keep stum, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed your setup, and um, I, I knew it was good I've been over before when you were at the Marriott but I probably hadn't quite appreciated the scale of your operation it's big um, isn't it it's really big uh, it's, it's really big and it's great and what I would say I said this to you privately but just on, for the benefit of the pod you know people like you and me we go around all the grounds in different countries and we do these things and we host events around sport and whatever the Welsh are the uh, always the most attentive crowd always a lot of that as you know as well as I do depends on the PA system in the room so if you've got an amazing room with an average PA system you know so don't say Tannoy because that's a brand name it doesn't work because certain tables just can't hear you I was in a room last week where was I anyway, and the room half the room just couldn't hear the MC so it's a bit like whoever was up here if this was Barack Obama some people just would only hear half of what he was saying so 
when when companies skimp on that, you walk in and you're like, you are going to regret having skimped on that yeah, for an extra few hundred quid. You should have done it properly. Like, yeah, well, we're always going to do it properly, aren't we? Because we are generic, and that's what it's your we business. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what I would say is that helps. But the Welsh, whenever I've been to Wales, are always the most reactive, like in like attentive crowd. And it seems like I'm not saying that they love rugby more than everyone else, but it seems like they love rugby more than everyone else. They love it, and they there's no one talking even after the game. There's no one talking during the Q and As. They're all joining in and a bit of banter, but there's no one just pissing off on their own. It's really nice. I'm the ringmaster, mate. They get they get chucked out, banned for life. Put yeah. a photo of them above the door. Mark Regan came in at the end, and oh. he was like he did last time, and he was just shouting boring. Whenever <laughs> <laughs> one of us spoke, boring. Oh, couldn't get away from him. Lovely, yeah. lovely. He was on good behaviour, but. He was, yeah, bit grabby, bit, bit grabby for my liking. Apparently, he was uh, he was had a few points during the game, and JT had to rescue him because the fans were going mad yeah. at him. And then he's he said, kept saying to JT, "Why am I not coaching? Why is no one giving me a shot at coaching? You know, spitting beer in his face." <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> he probably no idea, quite good mate. actually. He'd get you up for it, mind Christ. We I, need- I still say to this day, set on a bit of a tangent. I went into went to a Bath game about five years ago. And it was one of the only times I've been to a game where I wasn't working since I retired. But mates of mine had a box and they said, come and see us. You know, we're a bit late. Come and see us in the second half. I thought I will do that and see what it's like. I walked past the box on the way there. And one of the lads said to me, careful flats, Ronnie's in there. (laughs) Careful, Ronnie's in there. So dodge that one because he's on one. Walked past and he used to say, DF, as in my initials he used to look at my shorts and df and go excuse my language doll fucker doll fucker all day on tour so I walk past and he's like doll fucker and he spots me don't have to say it again we get it now no it grabs me in and i can honestly say it is one of the best 40 minutes i've had at a rugby match like him in a box with a couple of pints in him it i didn't see the game he was hilarious like you can absolutely see why people would get him in to do that sort of thing he was very very funny i'm with you um Anyway, anyway, rugby. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right. 
Rugby, yes. Yeah, sure, Start Friday sure. night, shall we? You go. Wales versus France. Uh, I thought it was a good performance from Wales. If you look at where France are, if you look at where Wales are, France being touted as World Cup winners, best team in the world at the moment. Wales are 7th or 8th in RB ranking, um, going through a transition. So I think for for Wales to limit France to one try, they've been scoring four tries a game. They've been averaging 34 points a game. So to limit them to 13 points, I thought, um, was good. Uh, it was a game they should have won because they had more territory, they had more possession, they had more chances. France had one chance, took it. Wales had two real chances and and weren't able to, to score. One being the crossfield kick to Faletau, which John Davis drops. I think he catches that. He's riding that tackle. He's in the corner. The other was the line-out drive where Ryan Elias gets held up over the line. I think it was Villiers comes in, does an unbelievable job defensively for a winger to hold up yeah. a, a line-out drive. He's a tough old boy, though. Yeah, he is a real tough old boy. Um, good at the breakdown as well. And I think... So they were the positives. You know, Wales disrupted France's line-out. Um, they nullified Dupont. In the first half, he was magical run of the game. Second half, couldn't see him. Uh, and they also stopped a couple of their big runners like Dante, like Fiku, um, Jalibert. So they were the positives. The negatives were, though, again, we look lost in attack. You know, we look shapeless after two or three phases. No one really knows what to do. And you look at some of the best teams like Ireland and France, it doesn't take them long to get into position, to, to get set up. Uh, they they know how to run decoy lines. They know what they're doing. You know when the call comes across, you know that you can see them adjust. They get into position really well, and they can run their set piece, uh, set their face play moves um, off that. Wales went direct off lineout, which I can see why because they wanted to stop the French blitz. You know I think if they'd gone wide off lineout, I think they just would have got eaten up by France's defence. But I just think off scrum. You know, scrum, you know, you've got the ability to throw the ball wide because teams can't blitz off scrum. You know, some you might get the odd blitz, but more often or not, you'll be up and out. And I think Wales has missed a couple of opportunities there. Uh, it's the second time in two games we've tried a crossfield kick off set piece. And as you well know, David, off set piece, it's just marked up too well. Crossfield yep. kicks really only work now. Well, off the defence is never more organised, is it? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of a lack of ideas, I think, a lot of it is down to. They tried something good in the first half where they hit the midfield with Jonathan Davis and then Kieran Hardy puts a kick up under the post. Now, that kick possibly could have worked, but the oh, the main thing that stops that kick is uh, uh, Entermat makes a tackle on Jonathan Davis, the first tackle, then the kick comes after that. Now, I think if Entermat's held down on the floor, that space opens up far greater. But because he makes a tackle, he gets back to his feet really quick. He's just running back to get into position. But, and unknowingly, ends up running back to field a kick that was put up in the air. So I think they were a little bit unlucky there. Otherwise, you would have had Liam Williams jumping, uh, I think, against Jaminet, which, yep. you know, you'd back him. Which he wins. Which, yeah. which I do think he wins. So... um Attack is still issues, and I, However, I think a lot. I think a lot of it is sorry, Flash. Just to cut, I think a lot of it is down to 
a lot of the Welsh players just being the same mould, you know, quite predictable in the way they play. So some, you know, the centres especially, so Owen Watkin and John Davis, you know, they're quite similar, really. You know, the same with Nick Tompkins. There's no massive point of difference. And if if attack isn't working collectively, then you have to start looking at players individually to, to do stuff. So someone that's got a, a good step, someone that um, keeps the ball alive well, Willis Hollow, Or, not saying to pick him, but that type of player, like a Johan Lloyd type of player, you know, because you've seen him do it for Bristol when there's nothing on. He either cuts back inside, yeah. he uses footwork, just something different because he is different because he's got quicker acceleration. Um, he's really lively on his feet, which a lot of big players can't move like him. Um, and because he, he's sh- he's short and he's more compact, it's it's harder to grab hold of him. So, you know, I, I think we need more player. We we need to select more players like that if it's not working collectively and we can't break down teams in units or in back play or in phase play. We need to look at individuals. Okay, Thomas Williams, 9, Bigger, 10, Scott Williams, 12, George North, 13, mm. Josh Adams, Adam uh, Alex Cuthbert, Liam Williams, back three. Nah, That's where you've got to go I for I think Zamet has to be in. He came, off the bench. he came off the bench and he looked good. I know the game was opened up there and I know Wales were looking for a try so they had to throw the ball around a little bit more. But I think so you're he, going, I think Cuthy's in good form. Are you going Josh Adams he out, is in good Zammett form. in? Reece, no, I, I, Reece, Zammett in. It's a tough one between... Cuffey oh, Josh, Josh, Adam, Josh Adams, boy. Josh Adams, but at the moment, because Wales aren't playing expansively, the sort of the game plan suits Alex Cuthbert because the only space he gets, he creates through power. So, a toss of a coin between those two, but I'd certainly have Lloyd on the bench, Lewis please. I'd have, okay, I'd have Lewis Reese Samet starting on the bench, Johan Lloyd on the bench. I think it's, you're right, it's the way he moves. Do you know what him. I would do, mate? Like, to, def- to defend uh, him, I can't defend him rather. I would play this weekend. Like, I think it's a great chance to not play Dan Bigger because same the same reason why Ireland don't play Sexton every game because at some stage you're going to have to look at players coming through and you know when Dan's not available, if Dan gets injured, then you need players that have that are confident in that position to step up um, and have a bit of international rugby behind them. Um, so. I would say it was an opportunity to play Sheedy or to play Gareth Anscombe at 10. You know, you know what you're getting with Dan Biggie. He's going to play every game. He's the captain. But I think we need to start Tommy, blooding more people Tommy, through. Tommy, you know, you know, if you have a little think, you know who I'd start at 10 this weekend for Wales. Yoan Lloyd. Well, he's not. He's not in the squad. So Yeah, start he can be, mate. Do what you want. Teleport him in. Pick him. Mm. Um, he's I, so fun mate he's yeah. so fun I think he will be in future squads now I think maybe they start to realise that but I would play Sheedy Hal Hollow Josh Adams yeah lovely mm. bet they don't no. um, also um, England played Ireland at the weekend Tom mm. one more thing France over the ball sorry fantastic say again France over the ball fantastic they had maybe five or six penalties uh from turnover ball yeah uh, Wales and, don't, but, I don't think Wales had one yeah. turnover ball penalty given why Why do you why do you think that is because attack is disjointed um, players end up going on solo missions you know because they're not quite sure what to do players aren't reading each other so players become isolated and 
just a, you know when you've got good teams like France who are really good over the ball like Jonathan Dante uh, in that back line is brilliant over the ball then you've got Marchand you've got Aldry you know there's there's loads of players i got two things to say about Antoine Dupont right I'm hearing a lot of people saying he did nothing I remember him doing I remember him making a break I remember him smashing Navidi and like Navidi bumping Navidi off which isn't easy I remember him creating absolutely nothing an offload that could have led to a try but you know defended it well and okay he was definitely quieter in the third quarter but you're in a super tight game where things aren't going well you're taking off the best player in the world I absolutely disagree with that couldn't believe it mate yeah. Um, yeah that that little half break he made for Villiers who goes through I think if if he hits Jaminet rather than Moafana Jaminet's in but because the ball yep. goes in the air a long time the scramble defence was really good defence is good for Wales um, I know that yeah. tries have been leaked but on a whole it is good they're scrambling well really well Falatau I think was the best player on the pitch, closely followed by Dan Bigger. Anyway, anyway, that's enough about me. Also, also, just, oh, very quickly, Dan Bigger, you know, and the midfield and all that. How creative are they? Dan Bigger did create the opportunity that should have won Wales the game, but John Davis dropped the ball. One of the great players dropped it. Mm. Happens. Dan Bigger did do enough to create a victory for Wales against France, but someone dropped the ball. That crossfield kick was perfect. Falatau is amazing. Yep. And But it's not enough, uh, Flat. It's not enough. There's not enough. You need to create more opportunities. And that, that was one clear, clear opportunity. And it was really, it was well worked. Falatau to have the rugby knowledge to get out on the wing. Like I've said before, there's only a couple of players that actually are unselfish like that and go out to the wing and keep the width. He, he's brilliant at it and he reads the game really well. It was, And it was a great kick because he looked to pass first and had to make a split decision to, to put it over the top. But I think, mate, there's a stat, and I'm, I could be wrong, that Wales don't enter teams 22 playing rugby. They get into teams 22 by penalties and lineouts and scrums but in terms of playing from the halfway line into teams 22 I don't think they do and Jiffy said yesterday on scrum 5 um, he spoke to one of the French players and they they were really happy for Wales to have the ball because they knew their attack wasn't great they they trusted their defence so they were happy to, to kick the ball away there was a lot of kicking in the game um, I think actually Wales won that battle but France were just super happy because Wales attack um, isn't that threatening Okay. Anyway, how, how how did your boys get on, mate? I saw Jared sixty nine get absolutely hammered in the uh, anthems. Oh, dick, mate. Which I don't. I don't want people to get hurt, but I wouldn't mind someone just just smack him, just stop him doing it because mm. it's just embarrassing, mate. It's just a knob. Um, he got he got swashed, which was good. Yeah. So so, so Tom Curry's. I've just read that Tom Curry's out, so Jack Willis has been brought back in. I watched him play for Wasps yesterday. He was very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. Not at his best, but still very, very good. His brother Tom played even better. I mean, what, what? But he's a, he's definitely an eight. His brother and Jack Willis is better over the would you the ball, would his all that. father ever get in Bruce or not? Bruce, um, don't know. But his his stepdad, what you're talking about, um, was was um, part of the conversation. Uh, so. England, yeah, I mean, oh, everyone knows, but the the red cards obviously are red. Uh, unfortunate for Charlie Yules, but mm. England after that, 
it's one of them ones where one of them ones where you're like okay they weren't 14 men they weren't suddenly more creative than they have been they weren't suddenly carving up great you know an international defense like they haven't quite been but they were inspirational in their effort basically so the things that don't take skill things like kick chase defense collisions getting up off you know, jam and bounce, getting up off the deck when you've made a tackle, counter-rucking, clearing out your own ball. They were fantastic. Like they were, um, we'll talk about the scrums in a sec because they were important, I think. But Maruitoji was just, watching it live was just unbelievable in that game. Like unbelievably influential. It gives away a penalty, I think, but who cares? He was fantastic. And they did run out of puff at 15 all things kind of went awry, decision-making wasn't as sharp and all that stuff. And Ireland had 15 and they they duly won, but he was fantastic. Jack Knoll is just, he's my favourite kind of winger because he can do wing stuff, but he's also just everywhere. And I've said this a hundred times on this pod, I'd pick him every time to start for England because he's he's a handful. For me, he's, at the moment, I say this respectfully, he's Alex Alex Cuthbert times three. He's just everywhere everywhere causing problems with his power and aggression and he was fantastic Ellis Jamie George fantastic Ellis Genge had the best I mean didn't, didn't even make any breaks which is what he does best but he might have had the best game of rugby he's ever had on Saturday um, I mean it, there wasn't much to do that was fun that was you know flamboyant and flash but geez he did his job well he was a tallin people will just talk about his scrummaging which was excellent but in defence, he was leathering people. I was sitting next to Danny Grucott watching the game and Rob Henderson and we were just watching Genge like, mate, he is flying in, leathering people. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. What a game he had. And the Six Nations was big for him because England have got, you've got three top loose heads. You've got him, Marler and Vunapola. They are top loose head operators. And Bevan Rod is a young fella coming through who's done nicely. But Genge... Genge had a job on his hands in this Six Nations because if he hadn't quite done it in the tight, everyone knows what he can do in the loose. If he hadn't quite done it in the tight, Marla could well, you know, have been, you've, you know, sort of got hold of that one jersey again and Genge would have been an impact player. And we've sort of been waiting for Genge to properly come through. And I think he, I think he has. He was, was he was it, sensational. Was it an heroic effort though? Yeah. They lost 32-15. Yeah, they, they got, they got, no, the effort. The result is what it is. Like I spoke to Chris Boyd yesterday up at Saints, and he said, "Well, yeah, but if it's heroic effort, the effort, they would, you know, you think they would have heroic. They would no, have won." I, th- I think effort, effort. They they were comfortably beaten in the end, and and you know, even sitting Brian O'Driscoll after the game, he's like, "You look at that scoreline. That game is nothing like a thirty-point game, thirty-two, fifteen, whatever it was. It's nothing like that. But the tries were scored, and that's that." But England, they're against one of the best teams in the world mm-hmm. and who are in form, playing brilliantly with pretty much everyone fit to choose from and 15 players. They should not win that game. But the point, when you get to whatever, it's 60, 65 minutes and you think, oh my God, they could do it. Having been a man down from minute one, I thought it was, do you know what? It was just a brilliant occasion, a brilliant game to watch. It was for a the, good game. And that that's why. And it was like England properly rose to the challenge. But... They weren't good enough to win it, but they properly ripped into them. And you might say, well, that should be a given, and it should, but they took it up a level. And I honestly think France will win next week. But if England play with that ferocity and that intensity and that basic aggression, they've got every chance, mate, because that is really, really hard to play against. And Ireland won comfortably in the end. 
And the phrase rattled, I always wonder what they look rattled. What does that really mean? Ireland, I thought, look, looked properly rattled, didn't know what to do. The chat stopped, slowed at one point. I was watching all the Irish players and there's lads geeing them up. There are lads out there not talking, thinking this ain't going right. And they're getting battered at the scrum. Didn't help them at all. Um, Freddie Stewart takes that intercept. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Sexton didn't see it was advantage at all. Oh, like, didn't he? No, not at all. And it was only because the ref had seen Maratoji's hand. I think it was on... Josie Very good Gibson spot, Park. I thought that. Really good spot because wow. loads yeah. of stuff like that goes unnoticed. But my point being that is that it wasn't like a... Uh, a free play free shot no oh, right. no not at all I, you just saw eyes away and then came back because I saw the hand um, Jameson Gibson Park so good mate uh, as yep. a number nine the way he runs the game um, the pace he puts on it his vision you know Hugo Keenan work rate and everyone's seen the, the work rate for his try when he comes from the left hand side round to the right hand side it's unbelievable vision for Jameson Gibson Park to pick him out mind and throw that pass it's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful pass. It's a, it's a great run, but matched by the vision and passed by Gibson Park. James Lowe was really good, as was Tag Byrne again. But the Ireland scrum massively rattled, hugely. I actually, I can't believe it. And sometimes you get that, and you would have played in games, I don't think internationally for me, but club level, domestic level, where we've lost a player, but... All of a sudden, you just your efforts are up, aren't they? Because you know you're down a player. So for whatever reason, a, psych, a psychological effect, you just end up working that ten percent more to make up for the lost player. And England did that for a fair bit of the game. But um, as you'd imagine, with forty men, you're just going to run out of puff. And that last quarter, they did, and Ireland came away and were, were clinical in that last twenty minutes. But it's, yeah. you know, lo- losing a player as early as that is right decision, 100% the right decision. Um, you know, it doesn't dip at all. Um, loads of tackles are made like that as well. Loads. Charlie mm-hmm. Ewells, uh, you'll see that in games every single week. But yeah, yeah. that is a risky run when you make that tackle. If if you do connect with the head, you're off. I think the, the main point is he was at no point was he low. So it's no. not like it's a last minute adjustment. He was no. never approaching that low. I hope James so all right. Yeah. Because he's so had, a fair, horrible. He's had a fair uh, share of concussion. Yeah, not great. Um, on, the, on the scrums briefly, Tommy. Yeah, boy. I thought that uh, being completely objective, mm-hmm. I thought that, as I said, Ellis Genge was just amazing. Like, what a game. Um, the, first couple of in- the first couple of penalties, I felt like Genge did get a nudge on Tyg Furlong. He did get a nudge on and did take inches out of him, excuse the expression. He did nudge him backwards. But then I felt like it all whipped around and I didn't feel like necessarily, I didn't feel necessarily like they should have been Ireland penalties, but I thought the first one or two um, England penalties might not have, I think I would have been less confident than the ref was giving those to England. And I thought, hmm, Tyg Furlong very rarely protests at scrum time in a decision. He just gets on with it. And I watched him. And after the second or third one, his arms in the air saying, what is going on to the ref? And England, I thought, were whipping around Ireland. And as soon as you see the second row and the back row, so what we call the back five of the scrum, obviously, as soon as you see them whipping round like that, 
something's not right because that's not going straight through. There's always going to be a bit of an angle and that's fine. It doesn't have to be dead ruler straight. But whipping around like that, I thought that, that could, they could those penalties could very well have been given to Ireland, which could have changed things. I mean, it really could. So I didn't think that dominance was as clear cut in those early scrums as the referees seemed to. Mm. However, as the game went on, there is no other way to put it than Ellis Genge absolutely skewered the best tight head prop in the world game. Absolutely skewered him. Like, brutal, one or two of those scrums. And what I liked about it was, it wasn't about, his technique's great, but so's Tig Furlongs. It was just just an unbelievable effort, a power effort. And I thought, you know, for all of his flamboyance, all his ball-carrying ability and all that stuff and defensive work rate and all that, that's the job. Like, that's your gig. And... I've, you know, every prop in the world has rough games, all of them. I haven't seen Tig Furlong treated like that before. Mm. Um, I thought Genge was out of this world. And if he hadn't been, I know Ireland won, but Jamison Gibson Park I thought was great, but I actually thought the two best players on the field were English. I thought Jack Noel and Ellis Genge had the two best games on the field up against it. Um, still like watching Ireland play, still like watching them do good things. Um, still enjoy watching Johnny Sexton boss a team. Um, but I did think that at least two of the three best players on the field were English on the on the day. And people say it's because I'm English, I don't care. But yeah, that's my verdict on the scrums, Tom, if you care. Hmm. Italy, Scotland, shall we? Yeah, go on. Let's be quick though. 22-33. Probably the best seen Italy play, actually, for the last... Yeah. Well, a few games really. Maybe yeah. since last year's Six Nations. I'm trying to think... If they played decent last, last six nations, I can't remember. Do you know what? I can't remember like a performance where I actually thought that is a brilliant performance by Italy. I didn't really um, think it at the weekend either. No, it, it wasn't brilliant, but it was better. But I look point. at the scoreline and I think mm, Scotland And it's also, you know, that. let's not forget Flats. They've got a 12 year old boy who came off the bench and scored two tries. That's true. In Capaccio. I, I, I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't, isn't that raw meat? Isn't, You've got other strengths. Yeah, Carpaccio. You've got other strengths, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, gin. Um, yeah, exactly it. Bench press. Um, but uh, if you look at how Scotland played, you know, look at their Stuart Hogg with a try, Darcy Graham with a try, who is... Love him. Yeah. Brilliant. He's exactly the type of player Wales could do with. Do you know what I mean when I, I'm saying when I'm saying yeah. that you just need individual talents at someone that can just run backwards to run forward sort of thing? You know, he pirouettes, yeah. he just gets himself free um, from tackles. Um, um, Chris Harris scored two, uh, probably one of the better games I've seen him in attack. You know, you know what we're going to get with him defensively. He's really good, really good operator defensively. Um, you know, knows exactly how to line players up. Always got his inside shoulder covered. Always got his outside covered. Really sensible in the way he moves. A lot like a good centre back, like Virgil Van Dijk or something like that. You know, just knows yeah. where to be in the right times defensively. But he scores a couple of tries. Uh, real nice angle for his second try. Uh, first try, he's running in support. I think it's kicked through. But yeah, I mean, Scotland looked pretty decent. Uh, scored five tries. I don't think they're going to have enough in the tank for Ireland at home in Dublin next weekend. I think that's going to be a little bit too much for them. Ireland in Ireland, um, as most teams are at home, 
home advantage plays a massive factor and for whatever reason you can just get yourself up for a home game better than you can normally get yourself up for we get home quicker game. don't you you do it's easier, it's easier to get out the stadium isn't it because yeah. you can see your friends and family quicker yeah um so they had the they had five tries to three so but still good th- good three tries from italy you know worked yeah. hard for them yeah so. i just being completely honest like just Italy just I really want I want them to do something because I just don't get as excited about their games as I do about no others. you don't I try but I don't you don't unless in England of course I do but I'm like, mm. yeah like I'm excited for this weekend against Wales I mean, yeah. they're, they're not going to win um, you, you hope they're competitive but you're on, excited on, about what Wales might on do on the flip side them, that's the I'm, thing. I'm desperate for Wales to score some tries and to to gain a bit of confidence because you know they they beat Scotland when Scotland came down uh, second game of the tournament after Scotland were on a high after being England. So you want I want Wales to 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 win well and to play well yeah. and to take some confidence. Do the job, yeah. 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 Um, and then England, France. So we do we uh, are we in agreement that Ireland will beat Scotland? Yep. Wales will beat Italy. Yep. France, England. How do you yep. see it? I think France win that. Mm. Um, I think France win that unless um, something happens. They would. They were dreadful on Friday night, like a red in card. The main. <laughs> um, yeah, like a red card. They were really poor uh, on Friday night. I thought and second half they were. First half they were pretty good flats. Yeah, but overall, you know, they they weren't they're nothing like as good as they're meant to be or that they are. Um, so quite interesting how they deal with all the pressure at home on Saturday night. Can't wait. I'm That's going the over big one. commentating on that. That is one. the so big one. Pressure. Very exciting. If if they fly in and deal with it, if they pile into England, I think they win. If they try and outplay England and England are the ones that bring the fire like they did on Saturday, I England could definitely win that. But I you know, probability suggests France, doesn't it? I want to say I'm gonna be listening to your commentary. I'll have it on, but there might be a bit of live music going on, so Oh, God. Oh, you're on Super Saturday, aren't you? Yeah, but what I will do is I'll tweak something like, oh, loving Flatman's. Who are you doing it with? Um, Nolly? Ben K and Nick Mullins. Okay, I'll, I'll tweet loving the trio of Ben K, Nick Mullins, and first, David Flatman. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. won't even be listening, but I'll do it because I know, know. it'll be good. Yeah, it does, I don't care if you listen. Just just put your TV on and leave it so it counts as a viewer. Okay. Right. Um... Well done, boy. We've got Keep to end now, mate. That's an hour. We know, we just waffled at the start. I'm bored senseless now. Love I you. am. I can't wait to go. Right. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye, yeah? Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Catch you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 